Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I am a yoga teacher with many years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is to show you how to get confident, speak clearly, feel authentic, grow your impact, earn your worth, and build a community. For years, I've been working with teachers in my signature program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program, and I've seen so many teachers transform, and I can help you get there too. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, don't forget to also follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 228. So I am recording this on February 23rd, uh, 2023. There's a lot of 23s in there, right? And you are going to hear this uh, at least the soonest you'll hear it is Monday the 27th and sometime thereafter, of course. I always record during the week on a Thursday and they always post on Mondays. And I always love to give the date because I never know when you're gonna be listening. Uh, I hope that you're keeping up with the episodes, especially if you enjoy them. I actually never pre, um, I never batch episodes. I, I literally do them that week because I am always inspired by the conversations, no pun intended, the conversations I have with yoga teachers in the week. And that almost always gives me potential topics I can use uh, for the show, as well as I just like to be inspired in the moment so that I am sharing what is current and, you know, just really doing it in a meaningful way. I've always kind of wondered how people can just batch a bunch of stuff and then post it. And who knows if what they're talking about is even relevant anymore. So that's why all of the episodes that you're listening to are recorded within a couple of days of when they go live. So that's just a little behind the scenes for you here on the show. So uh, this week has been no different. I have had so many conversations with teachers and that's really what's led me to the theme for today's show. I wanted to start out though, especially if you're new to the show, or even if you've been listening for a while, but you aren't aware, I wanted to let you know that just about every day during the week, I post reels on my Instagram. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because, you know, you might be at a place in your teaching where you're looking just for quick information about anatomy, cueing, sequencing, um, and mindset tips for teachers. Those are generally the themes that I post about when I do reels. And you may also be, or a second category, you might be somebody who has been connected with me for a while, and maybe you've considered working with me inside my program, and you want to get a little more comfortable with what I'm about, my, what my teaching style is. Those videos are a great way to get a sense of that. So, and there are, of course, a whole bunch of other reasons. I um, recently have noticed that a whole bunch of teachers connected to me are in Italy, which I absolutely love, especially because I'm going to Italy in the summer. And it's been just so cool to see, um, you know, just to chat with different teachers in different countries and get a sense of how things are going for them, what they're doing, what their classes are like. So the other thing I wanted to mention is when you follow me on Instagram, when you connect with me on Instagram, if you haven't done that yet, I have taken to DMing just about every person that connects with me. Sometimes if I can't quite make out from their profile, you know, sometimes I wonder if I'm getting like fake followers every once in a while. 
for the most part, I know they're real because, I mean, I know that might sound kind of crazy because how do you know if it's online? I just get a good sense when I look at the page. Uh, sometimes, of course, the page is hidden if the person's private uh, in their IG status. So I just sort of take a guess. Um, the main thing, though, is if you aren't following me yet, I will email you or DM you when you do. And I wanted to also let you know in this day and age of chat GPT and bots and all of that, there actually are quite, my understanding, quite a few programs that you can set up so that when someone follows you on Instagram, an automatic message goes out. I do not do that. <laughs> so if you get a DM from me, it's really written by me. So I just wanted to add that so you don't wonder if you get one. Gee, I wonder if this is just a bot that she's using, but it's not, it's really me. So I hope if we haven't connected yet that I have a chance to meet you and find out more about you. So the topic of today's episode is really um, one that has been inspired uh, by the conversations I've had with teachers, especially in the past month. And it's so amazing to me, the, the differences, not so much um, at a fine-tuned level, more at a global level with the teachers I talked to. And I was really struck by it, especially in the past week. And that inspired me to draw out a little chart of the different stages of teaching that teachers are in. And this kind of maps out sort of um, um, uh, an avatar type, like a persona. And so as you're listening to this, it would be great, and you'll probably naturally do this, I want you to think about which persona is you. So some of what you're hearing, you might say to yourself as you're listening, well, that doesn't really resonate with me. That's not me. Then you might hear something and say, oh my God, that's totally me. Now, the idea here is to identify what persona you are when it comes to the types, the four types I'm going to share with you. And I'm going to go into a little bit about each persona from the conversations I've had with teachers that fall into each of these categories, and then share some tips in terms of um, strategies moving forward to coach you to being the most confident, authentic teacher that you are destined to be. So with that, let me share with you the four kinds of teachers that I've been talking to so far. So the first kind of teacher is a teacher who is currently in a 200-hour teacher training. The second, I'm going to give you all four and then I'm going to break them down. The second category are new teachers, teachers who have graduated from their training and they've been teaching less than a year. The next category is, um, wow, I can't read my notes here. Um, the next category is teachers who, oh, I see, teachers who aren't teaching, but who want to be. So this is someone, and I don't know if this resonates with you, this is someone who took a 200-hour teacher training, never started teaching, and now some period of time has passed, and they want to start, but for some reason, they're not, they're not starting, they feel blocked. And I'll get into some more of the reasons based on what I've heard. And the fourth category is teachers actively teaching and they're looking to increase their confidence and skill. So let me just go over those four categories again. And I want you to be thinking about in which category do you fit? Number one, teachers in training in their 200, and I, and I mean initial training. So if you're in 500 hour training or you've done some secondary training program after your initial training, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just in that first 200 hour experience. So number one, teachers in training. Category two, a new teacher, meaning you graduated from your 200 hour and you're teaching a year or less. Number three, category three, teachers who aren't teaching, but want to but feel blocked for some reason. And then category four, teachers actively teaching and looking to increase their confidence and skill. So let me know or let yourself know, that'll come naturally, of course, um, which category you are. And if you want to let me know which category you're in, or if you're in a different category, 
That's something I would definitely like to know because I really want to map this out a little bit more. Um, and I can tell you a little bit more about why I want to do that as we go through this conversation. So especially if you're listening and you fall into a different category, can you please DM me what that would look like? Okay, so let's go into a little bit about what each type from a persona standpoint what are, what is teaching like for them? What is their experience like? If I were to like look into their house as they're, you know, walking around their living room, talking about teaching or talking to someone or, you know, having a conversation about where they're at, what would I hear? What would they say? What would be their word choice? That kind of thing. So teachers in training, teachers in training tend to be overwhelmed. That is the unfortunate nature of how teacher training is given pretty much anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter what, where the teacher lives that I speak to, just about every yoga teacher across the board who is in a training program, their first 200 hour is overwhelmed. I also hear things about how tired that the person is and how it's hard to juggle their life with the training um, if they're doing it not as a go away for two week kind of thing, but as a every other weekend or online. So there's a lot about the feeling of overwhelm that comes from learning the information, the amount of information, how the information is being presented and how to integrate doing the training with their life. Uh, the other thing, of course, that goes along with being overwhelmed is that I hear they're tired, very tired. I hear a lot about in the lead up to doing the final test or evaluation or whatever your particular training might call it, all the stress and the anxiety that comes with preparing for that, a lot of memorization, a lot of, I've been practicing my sequence that I'm gonna teach for my test a million times. Um, I've heard a lot about teachers experiencing a lot of self-doubt when they practice teach. And I've heard from some teachers who basically after their practice teaching experience want to just drop teacher training and forget their dream of being a teacher. I mean, honestly, I have many, many thoughts on the way teachers are trained and really not a lot of them are good, good things. And it is informed by the many conversations I have with teachers that pretty much across the board sound like this. Um, and this is not, you know, a 100% one-sided, you know, presentation. Of course, there are going to be teachers who love their training. And a lot of the teachers I'm describing that are sharing these words with me, they might also really love the training. However, all these other feelings and challenges temper how much they love it. And in my opinion, are all of these feelings are completely avoidable and unnecessary when the way the training is presented is changed. But I can't do that. I'm just one person. Um, but I can assure you that when you work with me inside my program, you will not have those feelings. So that's that's my way of addressing it. Um, now, having said that, I do not on purpose intentionally offer a 200 hour training. I offer specialty training, um, but there's not any sense of overwhelm from any of the people that have taken my training because I have very specific strategies and tools and approaches that I put into my program that prevents that. Um, and that's not to say that no one that's ever enrolled in my program has never felt overwhelmed. It's just that as soon as they feel that, they reach out to me and we fix it. And that is something that it seems in these 200-hour group teacher trainings, it's challenging for teachers to get that one-on-one -on -one support when they need it. And then for teachers who are taking a training online, it may be really tough to connect with someone live um, online to get support. So teachers in training, that's kind of, you know, where they're at. The other thing I hear sometimes is feeling like they didn't get what they paid for. So they're kind of in the middle of this training and they're having second thoughts and they're feeling buyer's remorse. 
So that's that category. The next category is new teachers. So a lot of what I hear, if this is you, you can see if this hits home for you. Uh, new teachers talk to me about feeling unsure when they're teaching, spending a lot of time building sequences, doubting themselves, being worried that students will get hurt, realizing in real time <laughs> that they don't understand anatomy, that they didn't, that they don't remember any of the anatomy that was presented to them in their 200 hour. And this again brings up, I've heard all sorts of stories about the quality and the process of the anatomy portion of teachers' trainings. And this of course impacts how much they remember. If it's not presented well, if it's presented quickly, if it's presented by someone who doesn't know it, if it's presented by someone who's just covering for the anatomy part because they couldn't find someone to do it. I mean, I've literally heard everything. I even heard one time that a physical therapist was a student in the training. So the studio owner deferred to that person on the spot and said, would you teach the anatomy? So that person who was a teacher in training stood up and taught the anatomy for that 200 hour. So, you know, this is just part of what happens. And I'm not sure how frequently it happens. Um, it is something that absolutely would affect the quality of the anatomy portion. Now, along with that, there are, I'm sure, many of fantastic programs. And I've definitely heard from teachers who've had really good experiences. So this is not meant to be one-sided. I'm just reporting what I hear. And um, for new teachers, if that has been their experience, now that they're out teaching, that's when they really realize what they don't know when it comes to anatomy. And that can be a challenge because as you know, when you're teaching yoga, you're teaching movement. So for these new teachers, this feeling like, I don't understand anatomy, I'm worried people are gonna get hurt. A lot about feeling like they have to do things. I have to uh, cue to the breath. I have to use Sanskrit or maybe I, um, or I have to change my sequences all the time. A lot of these have to statements, um, not feeling a lot of autonomy and independence and not feeling like they have agency over what they're going to teach, what they're going to share. So all of that kind of falls into the new teacher bucket. So then we have teachers who aren't teaching, but want to, but feel blocked for some reason. So these teachers, if this is you, some of this might resonate with you. These teachers tell me they feel really guilty because they paid for a teacher training and they're not using it. They also tell me things like I graduated from teacher training and then life happened. You know, maybe someone in the family got ill, they got ill, they changed jobs, they moved, you know, something in their life unexpectedly happened and that interfered with their plan to start teaching. A lot of times, and this is almost across the board, what teachers say to me is I've, I'm, I'm afraid I've lost the courage. I'm afraid. I feel like I've lost the ability to do it because we were practice teaching and it was just not a great experience for me. And once I stopped the teacher training or once I graduated from the teacher training, I didn't have anybody to teach. And so I just lost my nerve. So there's a lot of that headspace mindset piece that is, is blocking them. And then of course, the longer a person goes, what I'll often hear is I've, I've forgotten or I've gotten out of practice in terms of the skills, cueing, sequencing, answering student questions. So those are qualities of, of those uh, teachers. And one more thing about that group is just not really knowing from, an, from a logistical level how to get started, how to kind of restart. So just at the point of where the rubber meets the road, like not knowing how to get started again. So then the fourth category is teachers actively teaching and looking to increase confidence and skill. So these are teachers who, who are teaching regularly. They don't feel particularly challenged and they feel a certain level of competence 
but they feel like there should be something more. Or I hear that they're not teaching a style of yoga that really resonates with them or in places that really resonate with them, but they feel like that's all that's available. I often hear about the pay rate being less than $50 a class. I hear about running around and teaching a bunch of classes. And at the end of the day, you know, really not feeling valued from a monetary perspective. Uh, I hear um, that the mindset piece a lot with this group when it comes to recognizing that they don't have confidence, being worried if there's another teacher in their class, being worried what students are thinking of them. And, you know, these kinds of mindset challenges come up the more often and regularly you're teaching because there's just more fuel to get added to that inner mindset fire if you're in a place that's not positive. So it's kind of ironic because you want to get more experience, but sometimes for this group of teachers, as they get more experience, it adds more fuel to that fire, that negative fire of negative self-talk and not feeling like they're a good teacher, having some variation of imposter syndrome, however that shows up for them. So this group is feeling like they're somewhat plateauing. Oh, the other thing that I hear oftentimes from this group is I feel like I'm repeating the same stuff over and over again. And, you know, I just don't feel like I have any ability to change my cues on the fly or have them come from my own knowledge. So now that we've talked about that, let's talk about how we can move forward. So if you've identified what category you're in, and I don't mean to say it like I'm boxing you in, but if you've identified a category that resonates with you, now we're going to get to more of the moving forward positive momentum piece. So for teachers in training, here are some uh, ideas to keep you on the right track. Number one, Think of the training as a total brain download. Absorb as much as you can with really very little attachment to remembering a lot of it. Because the reality is, depending on the format of your teacher training, how many, I mean, we know, of course, it's 200 hours, but how those hours are spaced out, you could be doing all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and then go back in two weeks and do the same thing. That's just a super intense schedule. And I mean, even if we just look at it from the perspective of neuroscience, like the brain can only handle so much at once. Uh, and so those formats for training are sort of set up to overwhelm teachers because it is just so much information in a short period of time. So when we can sort of accept that as the format and and just kind of adjust our expectation for how much we're going to remember, that can take away some of the pressure. When we take away some of the pressure, then we don't feel so overwhelmed. So instead of saying, I'm overwhelmed, I'm tired, say, I'm really excited that I'm learning all this new information. And even just saying that will be helpful. I can't tell you over the years how many teacher trainings I've gone to where the teachers feed off one another and one person says they're overwhelmed and then the other person says they're overwhelmed. And there's a lot of like intense um, relationships that develop between teachers who are feeling overwhelmed. So it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so I really encourage you, if you are in teacher training right now and you're feeling like that sort of group dynamic is happening, you need to really be your own person and you really need for your own sort of mental perspective and ability to have an enjoyable training, one where you're going to retain information. You really need to have agency over your own mindset and, and really refrain from participating in that kind of conversation. And you know, even if that's not happening in your training, just continue to use positive talk to reframe what's going on. So that's kind of number one. The other thing is to just completely let go of the desire to be perfect. So if you're in teacher training and you have an identity where you think I'm a type A person, I'm a perfectionist, as much as you can let that go, which in and of itself can be challenging, 
As much as you can do it though, you will have a much more enjoyable time and a better outcome because teaching yoga, especially when you're new is filled with opportunities for someone to uh, be hard on themselves. And it's amplified if you're a perfectionist. So as much as you can let go of the desire to be perfect in any aspect of what you're doing, especially when it comes to practice teaching, that will serve you well. The next thing is learn one go-to sequence. Make sure you do not leave your teacher training without one, not five, not three, not two, one. And I mean, soup to nuts, a 60 minute sequence that in and of itself will serve you well and will be worth the money you paid for teacher training when you leave that teacher training with a go-to sequence, because guess what? That's what you're going to be teaching for the next year. So at least, so be sure you are leveraging the teacher, leveraging the time, leveraging the practice teaching opportunities to just teach one sequence. Now, of course, if your teacher training requires you to write out four or five, which again, I have problems with, um, but if they're requiring you to do that, you have to do it. But you keep in mind that you're going to walk away from that training with just one you're going to use. The next thing is keep things simple. Some of this is going to be tempered by what they're training you to do. So for instance, something like inhale, lift the right leg, exhale, step the foot forward. I don't subscribe to that. I think that makes it more complicated, both for the teacher and the student. Why not lift the right leg, step the foot forward, drop the back heel, reach the arms up. That's simple cueing. And that's also action cueing. So if you're in a teacher training program right now, as you go into your practice teaching, that's the hat you're going to put on. At least that's what I'm going to suggest. You can do what you want. And you can, of course, you know, use the support of the teacher running the training to, um, to approach things the way they're suggesting. However, I pretty much can promise you if you teach just action cues, you will uh, have a much better experience in word finding and sharing of those cues. So those are two things to keep in mind. The next thing, and I can't emphasize this enough, unless they really are requiring you to practice as you teach, really, really try not to do that. Even if other people in your training are teaching from the mat, if you can have the courage and the wherewithal inside you to to avoid starting that habit, it will be much easier for you to avoid it forever. And that's not to say there aren't gonna be those special times that you practice with your students. As a general rule of thumb though, if you start in your teacher training, practicing with your class, that's what you're going to do. And there's a whole conversation that we can have about that. Uh, the ups and downs of it, from my point of view, you can do whatever you want. So, you know, of course, I'm not standing here saying you shouldn't, or it's bad if you practice with your class or it's wrong. I'm simply saying, and I'm not going to go into all of it, but there are a whole bunch of benefits to your students primarily and to you that have to do with not practicing with them. So if you're in teacher training right now, don't start that habit unless of course you really want to, and then go for it. And if, if you want to talk about some of the reasons why it doesn't make sense to do it for you or your students, send me a DM on Instagram. I'm happy to talk to you. Um, and then the next thing about if you're in teacher training right now is make a plan to start teaching right away when you're done. And that is also a whole sidebar conversation that gets into more of the business side of things. If that's a conversation you wanna have with me, send me a DM on Instagram and I'm happy to have that with you. So just to recap, for new teachers, absorb what you can, just absorb, that's your mindset. Let go of the desire to be perfect, learn one go-to sequence, keep things very simple, avoid practicing with your class, use action cues only and make a plan to start teaching. All right. So now we're at, oh, and if you are a teacher in training, 
I have a 10 key steps to anatomy guide that I can send you. So DM me that you listen to this episode about the four teacher types and you want the 10 key steps to anatomy guide and I'll send it to you. All right, so the next category is new teachers. So for new teachers, here are key suggestions for you. Have a go-to sequence and stick with it. Don't think you have to change your sequence all the time. Don't think your students are gonna get bored. That's all perception, it's not reality. Have one go-to sequence and teach it all the time. Of course, within the sections of the sequence, like balancing, you could change up a couple of things. However, keep the sequence primarily, generally the same. It's less moving parts for you, no pun intended, but you know, you're not pulling the rug out, the rug out from underneath you every single time you walk into the studio or every single week. You're giving yourself the biggest piece of teaching second to cueing is the sequence. And if you can keep that stable, you're going to have so much of a better experience as will your students. So this is not just about you. All of this stuff I'm sharing is to improve the experience of your students as well as yourself. So it's not just about you. The second thing is, same as I said before, use action cues. Honestly, if you can't explain the reason for the cue, don't use it. Don't get caught in that position of using cues that you heard from somebody else, using cues that you're just repeating from some video you heard or something you heard on Instagram or whatever. Use cues that you can explain the reason why for. The next thing is, again, the practicing with class, really try not to do that. If you are doing that now and you want to, as I say, break up with your practice as the source of your cueing, simply tell yourself you're not going to do anything where your hands are on the floor. That's a good starting point. And then from there, you can wean yourself away from any other practicing with class. And it's not a hard and fast thing. It's just that generally you're not going to practice with your class. Maybe you lift your arms up. Maybe you reach for your back foot in dancer's pose to demo quickly, but primarily you're not doing any practice. The next thing is for new teachers, teach regularly. Right now is a great time to build up your experience. So again, this is a little bit of a business topic. Um, as much as you can look for opportunities to teach. The next thing is find a mentor. It's so important for new teachers to have a mentor. And it's one of the challenges for teachers is that you go into training, you have this intense experience where you're surrounded by a community of people and a mentor, and then you graduate, or maybe you did it online. So you really didn't have that community vibe. And then you're out there and there really is no one supporting you and there isn't that community feel. So as much as you can find a mentor, and that doesn't mean just roll into a 300 hour or 500 hour training. That's not what a mentor is. That's just, that's taking another training program. And what I would say is that might be a good next step for you. Just be really clear on what you need and what you want as the outcome before you spend your money on an hours-based training. You might be better off putting that money towards a mentorship with a teacher in your area or an online program like mine that is basically a mentoring program that has specific skill building that comes with it in cueing and sequencing and mindset and learning anatomy. So just be really conscious about what it is and intentional about what it is you want to gain from any place, any other training or mentorship you're going to do. And the other thing I would say for new teachers, if you've ever seen any of my videos where I talk about this teaching hack to reset your nervous system and reset your mindset, it has to do with, especially for new teachers, that feeling of I'm losing my way in the sequence. I'm getting nervous. Like all these things that we can say in our heads, like I'm worried about if they're having a good time or what's that, you know, you kind of have this whole conversation going on in your head as you're teaching. So if you find that you're having that experience as your students are in a posture, like a down dog or a warrior pose or really any posture, do it sooner than later though. Cause don't, what I mean is don't wait until or it might happen multiple times in class. And so you can do this hack multiple times, but do it quick as soon as this comes up. So you hopefully reset and don't have this feeling 
for the rest of the class. So the point is you have your students in a pose where they're holding it for a couple of breaths. You then shift your experience to your own feelings and sensations in your body. This is where you're going to feel the nervous knots in your stomach. You're going to hear those voices in your head judging you, that, that alternate ego sort of thing. And so what you're going to do is you're going to stand with your feet at hip width. You're going to feel your feet on the floor and you're going to take a couple of deep breaths as your students are doing the same in the pose that they're holding. You're then going to focus your gaze on the person in front of you. And you're going to begin at that point, you're going to need to move them into the next posture, but you're going to do it with a really narrow frame of reference. You're going to teach to one student. You're going to really clearly focus on that student and notice how they're moving. Notice how your cues are landing on their body. And what this will do is take you from that kind of parasympathetic up-leveling you did through the grounding down through the feet and the deep breaths. And now we'll shift your experience outside of yourself to seeing that one student and speaking to just that one student. And this will start to shift your focus to the external instead of all those thoughts you're having in your head. And then from there, you can start to pan your vision out, pick up on the other students in the class. And hopefully that hack will sort of reset things for you so you're not feeling nervous and you can proceed. So if you are listening to this and this is your category and you are a new teacher, I have a new teacher's guide. So send me a DM on Instagram, mention this episode and just send over the words new teacher's guide and I'll send it to you. All right. So we have two more. So the next one is the um, group of teachers who aren't teaching, but they graduated from teacher training and they really want to teach, but they're blocked in some way. So the first thing we need to identify is what's blocking you? Is it something on the technical side, like lacking knowledge or needing a refresher around knowledge? Is it skill building? Like, I don't feel like I can cue. I don't feel like I know how to build sequences. Or is it more mindset? I find with most of the teachers I talk to in this category, it's both. But sometimes teachers will say, I feel like I, I would know what to do, but I'm just really afraid to teach. So this particular category is someone who might have more of the mindset challenges um, than the technical, but it could be both. So this is another uh, scenario where it's really helpful to work with a mentor. And again, this is not a scenario where I would really recommend an hours-based training. I would recommend something more custom to you where you're able to work with someone and really work on specifically what you need. You know, hours-based trainings usually are very general or they're very super specific about a particular topic. And adding more knowledge isn't going to give you what you need to get back to teaching. Because to get back to teaching after a break and a break where you're starting or where you are feeling guilt and a lot of mindset challenges, that really takes a specific approach. And that's typically not something you're going to find in an hours-based program. So I would say this is a perfect scenario. Even if you just like, for me, sometimes when I talk to teachers like this, I offer them just a couple of coaching sessions. So it's really just two or three coaching sessions where we can dive into specifically what the teacher is looking for, whether it's a refresher on anatomy, we do in one session, maybe a refresher on cueing and sequencing, we do in another session. And then in the third session, we do a business-focused coaching call where we're focusing on, okay, how are you going to find gigs? How are you going to get yourself back out there? And that sort of thing. So even if it's something like that, doesn't need to be a six-month mentorship, which is somewhat typical. It can be something shorter than that. So that's, that's one piece. The other thing is find some friends and or family, even if it's your partner at home, that you can teach. Because if you can put yourself in a situation that you feel somewhat comfortable in, and, and I sort of have that caveat because sometimes people feel extraordinary pressure when they teach their friends more so when they teach people they don't know. So believe me, it might still feel like a lot of pressure for you to teach your partner or to teach your friends. However, this is part of what 
working with a mentor can do, help you manage a lot of that self-talk that's negative self-talk that's happening. Um, but this is a really good place to restart your engine, so to speak, your teaching engine is by just grabbing someone who is available and teaching them for 20 minutes, getting back into the habit of teaching, of verbalizing, of standing in front of someone, of walking around them, you know, that sort of thing. That is so key to this. And then managing the feelings that come up and then evaluating how you were from a skill level perspective. So that can be a really good thing to do to get you back to teaching. So to recap, for this group, we're talking about things like identifying what's blocking you. Is it skill-based or mindset-based or both? Finding a mentor or a program specifically designed to build momentum to get you back to teaching. Starting to teach with some free classes to friends and family. And um, for this group, I'm going to offer my sequence builder. It's not a perfect match, but I think it would still be helpful. So if you don't have my sequence builder, um, DM me on Instagram sequence builder, mention you listen to this episode and I'll send it to you. So now the last group here, these are the teachers who are actively teaching and they're looking to increase their confidence and skills. So surprise, I'm going to say find a mentor. This is another one, right? Because again, this is not, you know, when you're looking to build confidence and skill, just adding more knowledge to that with more hours of training isn't necessarily going to do it. Now, of course, if you find a 300 or 500 hour training that's really skill based and is really going to give you skills you want, like let's say you're going to teach restorative or you're going to teach children or, you know, and the training is really specific to that that sounds like it would be a great match. So in that situation, that could be a perfect next step for you. Otherwise, working with a mentor in a generalized, working with a mentor in a one-on-one -on -one situation can really help you move forward. The next thing is to identify the skills that you want. So this is sort of a recurring theme. And this really applies to this group because you're currently teaching, you're actively teaching. It's really a matter of, getting down to brass tacks and identifying, well, what's really not working? Well, I feel like I'm repeating the same stuff all the time. Okay, so queuing, that's an area we need to develop, right? Yes. Or I feel like I'm spending all this time building my sequences. Okay, so now what we want to do is we want to come up with a shortened way to prep your sequences so that you're not spending all that time doing that, right? Yes, that's what I want to do. Um, Another thing that comes up for this category um, a little bit more than some of the others is the feeling of um, not necessarily self-worth, but being paid their worth. And this is, again, a whole other conversation, but it's a really important one to have. And maybe I'll, I, I have brought it up in other episodes. Maybe I'll do a deeper dive in a future episode about this, because this is now a teacher who's out there teaching and maybe they're teaching multiple classes a week. Maybe they're getting, I always use $50 a class, 50 US dollars a class as a baseline. So maybe they're making less than that and they're feeling, you know, tired and, and, you know, like they're driving all over the place. And, you know, the reality is when you put in a lot of effort and you're paid 30 or $40 a class, usually that's not a great feeling. Usually you don't feel like the effort you've put out is commensurate with the uh, pay for that class. And, you know, again, if you're listening to this and you're having all sorts of resistance come up, this is a common area for a lot of resistance come up for teachers because teachers are people and people have a lot of mindset, money, self-limiting beliefs. And I've definitely done episodes on that. Matter of fact, you can scroll back to the episode with Money Mindset Coach Allison Chamberlain-Jones. It's all about that. It was probably about five or six episodes prior to this one. Um, so keep in mind, you know, as you are out there teaching, the rates that you're accepting, the rates that you're offering, like all of those things are peppered and flavored by the beliefs that you have about money. Um, however, the reality is there, there is sort of a varying standard and depending on where teachers live and, and well, generally depending on where teachers live, that can sometimes um, 
not dictate, but influence the pay. Uh, and the bottom line is, as teachers, you know, it's helpful for us to have some list of what our rates are and what we um, what we hold out as what we're worth. And that feeds into how we feel, how we feel when we teach a class, how we feel about keeping a class on our schedule and those sorts of things. So it really all ties back to self-worth and, and being paid what you feel you're worth. So that oftentimes comes up with this group. And that is absolutely something that is best worked out in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the mentor. Um, and then the last piece with this group has to do with the lack of confidence. You know, these are teachers who are out there teaching a lot. So they're getting a lot of opportunity to sort of stoke that internal fire of I'm not good enough, the imposter syndrome, things like that. Um, and so this is an area where confidence building is a big piece of it and mindset is a big piece of it. So for this group, I'm going to offer my mindset tips for teachers PDF. So if you have, um, if you're listening to this and, and this is you, DM me mindset tips PDF, mention this episode and I'll send it to you. So just to recap the, the strategies for this group, identify the skills you want before you enroll in any other training, if that's your thought, find a mentor, work on mindset. Oh, the other thing I didn't mention is nudge yourself to be authentic. And by I mean, by nudge yourself, I mean, don't push yourself, just nudge yourself. Look for ways as you're teaching where you can really show you, maybe your word choice, or maybe a quick story, or maybe just a, a little joke, or just something that really shows you. Just nudge yourself in that direction, even at times when it feels awkward, because that's the muscle you want to develop so that people just over time really feel you coming out in your teaching. Um, the other thing I forgot to mention is to stay away from things that trigger you. So if you're scrolling on Instagram and there's a couple yoga type things that trigger you all the time and make you feel like you're not doing it right or whatever negative thought, don't follow those people. Like why you don't need to be the bigger person. Just don't follow those people. <laughs> you know, just have things that hit your eyesight or, you know, hit your nervous system, things that are positive things, use positive affirmations, all of those techniques, meditation, visualization, all of those things are so, so helpful for resetting your mindset. And then the last thing is to really reframe limiting beliefs. When I said in the beginning about the teachers in training and just kind of getting sucked into all that negative talk about how overwhelmed they are. And I suggested the reframe of, I love learning new things. And I'm so psyched that every time we get together, we learn so much new stuff. That's a reframe. So for you, if you're constantly as a teacher in this category, using that negative self-talk, well, how about instead you reframe whatever your negative self-talk is to a more positive frame and see how much that affects you in a good way. So to wrap up here, just a couple of overall tips in general, working with a mentor is huge and just such a huge advantage you can have as a teacher if you pursue that. A lot of this has to do with taking some risk, taking some risk to really show yourself, pushing yourself to be authentic, nudging yourself to be authentic. Do what you love, not what you feel you have to do. This is another big one. This theme I hear a lot from teachers is that they're doing a lot of things because they feel they have to. And, you know, I sort of say like, there's no yoga police. No one is in your class monitoring what you're doing. So you can pretty much do whatever you want. I always say though, have a reason for what you're doing, have an intention behind what you're sharing, and that will never steer you wrong. So with that, I'm going to end with um, one, uh, not, it's not really a request, it's an opportunity. So as we kind of wrap up this episode here, uh, the opportunity they want to that I wanna share is that I'm looking for five teachers who are ready to start the first week in March towards becoming a more confident, authentic teacher. And the reason that I'm asking you this is because if this sounds like you, 
the first week of March, I'm going to be starting something, offering something new, and you might be interested in it. So if this is you, DM me on Instagram, the words I'm ready, mention this episode, and I will start a conversation with you and share a little more with you about what the opportunity is. So I want to thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. And I will be talking to you again on the next episode of Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Namaste. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode. And thank you so much for being part of my community and for spending some time with me here on the show. I wanted to wrap up this episode with just a quick note. I have a brand new recorded workshop page, and I'm really excited to offer you an opportunity to watch recorded workshops whenever you want. I have the first installment of a workshop on the page on the website, and it is a short workshop all about how to give effective cues. And so all you need to do to watch this free workshop is go to my website, barebonesyoga.com, and you'll see the listing in the dropdown for recorded workshops. When you click that page, you'll see on that page the link to sign up to watch that recorded workshop. I'll be adding more workshops in the future to this page. And it's a way that you can access educational and growth information for teachers without having to make a workshop at a particular time. I love to get together with teachers live, both in person and of course online, which is where I'm doing most of my interaction with teachers right now. However, I appreciate that sometimes people can't make a workshop or the time doesn't work for them or they're in a different time zone. So I want you to know that this page can be a resource for you so that as you're out there and you have questions about different things, or you have maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes that you wanna to devote to your continuing education as a teacher, you can just go to my website, pull up this recorded workshops page, and there will be resources there for you to take a look at. And all of the workshops that I share are all designed at number one, giving you information, and number two, giving you the skills that come from getting that information. It doesn't do you any good if I'm just giving you information on anatomy. If I don't show you how you can use it in your teaching to grow as a teacher, to grow your impact, then it's really not very useful. So all my workshops will have that dual focus sharing a little bit, and then showing you how to apply it. So I hope you'll check that out. If you have any questions or feedback, definitely let me know. Just send me an email, karen at barebonesyoga.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And I look forward to hearing from you. Namaste.